Elizabeth demanded a decision, and I left our apartment without making one. It can't go on like this. My flight to Milan doesn't leave Hamburg for an hour. I'm sitting alone and completely exhausted in the waiting area of Gate 8, on the other side of the airfield, the pines on the edge of Niendorf. At Gate 7, two Italian businesswomen are joking around. I get up. I have to move so I don't fall asleep. Somewhat farther down the corridor, a newsstand. I buy a newspaper. Süddeutsche Zeitung. I buy a postcard. Image. Hamburg Volkspark Stadium. Aerial view. 1999. I see semicolon brand notebooks. The only other place that carries them is a stationery store next to the Academy of Fine Arts in Lurchenfeld, which is almost an all-day trip, so I buy three of them. I buy cigarettes. I'm starting to smoke again now, because smoking reduces fertility. Smokers' sperm don't hold out as long. Eventually their sperm give up. Cigarettes have gotten more expensive since my last pack. I buy coffee at a vending machine and go back to the gate. I tear the cellophane off the notebook and make a note of my fatigue and my headache. Then I make a note of the headlines in the Süddeutsche Zeitung of August 6th through 7th, 2005. Caesarean risk. Craze for the mobile lifestyle. Air in sunken mini-submarine running out. I'm writing because I always write when things get complicated. I'm alone. I could smoke. I could throw the notebooks into the garbage cans next to me. One red, one green, one blue, color-coded for trash separation. I could get up and go back. Back to my wife. Samsonite. How I got here. Elizabeth and I didn't raise our voices. I left our apartment in the middle of the night and without closure. We fight in our indoor voices. Took the Svensson file from the kitchen table and carried my half-packed suitcase through the hallway but then slammed the apartment door behind me, much too hard, and almost ran down the street in the light drizzle. Away from Elizabeth, the sound of the ridiculous rolling suitcase on the slabs of the sidewalk behind me is louder than expected. For your reporting trips, Elizabeth had said, putting the suitcase in my office. I turned off my phone so I could ignore her calls. She'll want to have the last word, as always. Gave the taxi driver who took me from Hoeluft Bridge to the airport an absurdly high tip, ransom. At the only staffed counter in the otherwise empty terminal, I opened my suitcase and buried my phone between suits and shirts, between recording device and shaver. I stuck my toothbrush in my shirt pocket. The ground personnel seemed to have been waiting for me. Milan? Yes. Identification? Herr Mandelkern? Yes. As I began to explain myself and my more than punctual arrival, the Lufthansa agent gave me a routine laugh. As far as she was concerned, I could fold my whole life into my luggage as long as it stayed below the allowable weight limit. The scale showed 12.7 kilos. There was still a seat available on the earlier direct flight. Did I want it? Okay. At dawn, I was the only passenger at the security checkpoint. I put the two folders full of research on Svensson next to my belt in the gray plastic tub. No, I said. I had nothing else with me. I had surrendered everything at check-in. The ring on my finger didn't set off any alarm. Now I'm sitting here at 6.30 in the Hamburg airport, in the nearly empty waiting area at gate 8, much too early.
because I left our apartment in the middle of the night and without saying a word. I simply left.